You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey, everyone. This is Mike with the Fin Fans Podcast. Uh, today, I've got Jim Johnson with me. Fins up, everybody. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about what we expect to see from the Dolphins the rest of this month. Uh, we're going to discuss a little bit of cap clearing and uh, talk a little bit about what we expect to see in free agency, uh, especially early on before the draft. And then we'll close the show. Jim, what did you think of the uh, combine as, as you looked over it? Well, to me, the biggest thing that stuck out, in my opinion, was uh, Montez Sweat, a uh, 300-pound lineman, uh, running a... Four four two or something in that four point four two yes yeah four point four two in the forty and we're talking about a three hundred pound lineman that you know is normally about five seconds and this no, guy well, let me just put that in perspective okay Antonio yeah. Brown ran a four point five seven AJ Green ran a four point four nine so it's incredible I think yeah I mean and and he's got a hundred pounds on those guys yeah so that's a that's a absolutely astonishing speed for a guy that size uh, but past that uh, I was watching the defensive lineman quite a bit because that's what kind of has my interest right now uh, I wasn't too concerned about the quarterbacks and uh, you know Kyler Murray wasn't doing much so uh, you know I I watched those defensive linemen and there were several guys that that did get my attention and uh, you know, I'm just I'm just kind of excited to have that draft over with at this point. I want to see who's going to be on the team. Uh, I'm not a big guy for projecting who they're going to pick or what direction they're going to go. I'm not a big mock draft guy, but uh, there is definitely a lot of top defensive players, especially linemen, that uh, would deserve... Uh, you know, some attention there at number 13 or or even a trade down a little bit to, to get another pick later on. But yeah, we're on the same page there, I think. Yeah, I mean, if I if I had had, you know, a lot of uh, confidence that I could get a guy that I wanted at, say, you know, the pick 20 or 22 or something. Uh, and pick up a, another another pick in the in the draft. And that's what I'm going to do, because. We need we need more picks, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're the Dolphins and uh, you're in a rebuild phase, which clearly they are, then obviously you want draft picks uh, and as many as you can possibly get, which uh, kind of kind of brings us to clearing cap. I mean, uh, if you can trade any of these guys, whether it be uh, a guy like Kenny Stills or uh, Kiko Alonso or any of these people that you may not foresee having a big role on the team two years from now, uh, then I think you got to consider trading them and, and just trying to uh, bring a draft pick or two in. And obviously, if you can trade down in, in uh, April in the draft, then you, you got to consider doing that as well uh, because that'll give you ammunition to uh, move up or down the draft board uh, next year uh, if you do have a quarterback in mind and you win a game or two more than you hope to this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm a definite believer in the best player available in the draft. And, you know, if there's a guy on your board that is a top talent at whatever that position he plays, if, if he's on your board and, and 
he's going to make a big difference for your team at 13, then go ahead and get that guy. But, you know, if those if those few players that you didn't think you wanted to hang out for at 13 are there, if they're already gone, well then, hey, I'd be entertaining whoever wanted to call for that number 13 pick. Well, here's kind of how that works, I think. If, if you've got, say, three players with pretty much the same grade that, that you feel are going to be there, you know, six, seven, eight picks down the line, then you obviously want to explore a trade down because you know one of those players will probably be there when it becomes your turn to pick uh, if you project out what the other teams need. Yeah, I'd definitely uh, be listening to their offers, that's for sure. And that's it. The question is, do you get offers? You know, Are other teams interested in moving up? Do they have somebody targeted that, that they're afraid is going to be gone? Right. Uh, and that's how it works. And sometimes you can work it out and sometimes you can't. But uh, uh, that's, that's, that's what makes the draft interesting because you never know when something's going to happen. There you go. Well, Mike, you mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, cutting some cap numbers. Who do you think is going to get the axe here pretty soon? Well, you know, it, with the new staff, you don't know what they're going to do. Uh, a lot of this is guesswork. But I wonder if uh, we might be better off dealing Rashad Jones and then just putting Fitzpatrick in there and letting him go. Um he would be one guy I would look at. Obviously, y'all know I'm not a big Kiko fan. I'd give him away for a bag of peanuts if I could. Uh, oh, and no. he, he would be another guy I would look to trade if I could get something for him. Yeah, I'm definitely on board with, with Kiko Alonso. He, he needs to play for somebody else next year. The Rashad Jones thing is a, is a bittersweet thing for me. He was one of my favorite players, and after him having his little hissy fit last year, uh, I lost quite a lot of respect for him. So he's he's due a lot of money. He displayed some unhappiness uh, last year, and if we could find some value in some sort of trade partner, I'd be I'd be shipping him out the door. I just don't know that we have that many people you get something for. Can you get something for McDonald? I don't know. Yeah, I was looking at McDonald on the roster here just this morning, and I wondered the same thing. At this point, I think I'd be I'd be I'd be shopping or entertaining any offers, you know, f for basically anybody at this point. Well, as uh, would I, as would I. I don't think you, you know, it's you never say never. If somebody's going to blow you away with an offer, then you got to consider it. But if I was going to label two players not tradable, those two players obviously would be Tunsil and Howard. But even saying they're not tradable doesn't mean they're not tradable. You know what I mean? It means you got to really blow me away for me to trade them. Oh, exactly, exactly, and 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 Howard is going to command a big payday. Uh, but I mean, we thought we had another good corner in Tankersley, and and that kind of petered out. Uh, so if we don't sign Howard, you know, we're in a world of hurt. So you know, good cornerbacks aren't uh, a dime a dozen, and I feel that if we can work something out, then I think it needs to be done. Yeah, I'm much more in favor of maybe overpaying a little bit for a cornerback who uh, has a tendency to pick the ball off than I am for uh, overpaying a defensive tackle who really doesn't impact the scoreboard. Yeah, that's, that's you know, it's a catch-22. You know, the cornerback uh, shortens the uh, uh, the time that the, the, the quarterback can, can deal, and, you know, the it also that cornerback also gives the DT more time to get to that passer. Exactly. So, uh, you know, a lot of passes are out of the out of the pocket in two and a half or three seconds. So, 
I think it's almost more important that the cornerbacks do their jobs than it is the DTs to get there because how many times have we seen the, uh, that first down pass when there's the defensive end or the DT has his hand on the damn quarterback? You know, it's six of one is half a dozen of another in a sense because you've got the cornerback shadowing the receiver. He can only stay with that receiver so long, so you need that defensive tackle to have the physical ability to get there in okay. a reasonable amount of time. So it, it does go hand in hand. Uh, but if I had to prioritize one, I would definitely prioritize the cornerback. I would rather spend more on a cornerback than I would on a defensive tackle because I think there's a bigger variance of difference between a great cornerback and a great defensive tackle. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it does. And the other thing is if you've got a great corner on your team, you can take a lot of the field away from the exactly. other from the other team's offense, so that's a huge deal. So uh, you know, I would definitely prioritize. I think he impacts the defense more than a defensive tackle does. Is really what I'm trying to say. Yep, I'm with you. So anyway, uh, you know, I would be okay with that. Uh, now, as we look forward uh, into free agency. I don't think this team is going to be very active early. People have mentioned maybe they go after Trey Flowers. I don't see that happening. I think he's just too expensive uh, for what they're going to want to do. Uh, people are talking he's going to get between 14 and $17 million. I don't see Miami even considering that. Maybe they look at a player like uh, Chris Hogan. Uh, I, I can't think of a lot of people that they're, that they're going to look at. Uh, maybe, maybe Shaquille Barrett, who, who's a linebacker with the Broncos. Uh, he's a cover linebacker. He's 26 years old. He can rush the passer a little bit. Uh, and he's stuck behind some very good linebackers. So he's, he's somebody that maybe they'd like to target. But I don't see a lot of guys out there that just jump out to me, you know, and you say, okay, well, this is a guy that's young and that could have some potential and won't be too, too expensive. Yeah, the whole free agency thing isn't going to be the, the Tannenbaum you know, we got to win the free agency deal like it's been. Uh, I don't think they're going to go out and spend much money, like you said, on any player. Uh, you know, I think they're going to build through the draft. We're not going to be going out and trying to sign, you know, Nick Foles or Teddy Bridgewater. I think we're going to roll with uh, either a drafted guy or, or Luke Falk or uh, Jake Rodock. Uh, so I... What I'm trying to get at is I don't see them trying to buy a bunch of free agent guys for $10 million contracts. Uh, we're liable to lose Juwan James, our right tackle, to, to this, you know, the money deal. I tend uh, to think they sign him. I hope they do, but I got a feeling that, he, that there's going to be a lot of interest in, in James, and the numbers are going to get too big. Uh, I hope. It's possible. I, I, I really hope we sign him because I think he's worth signing. But, you know, you can't do it for, you know, $15 million a year either. So uh, I think there's going to be a lot of interest there. So, uh, you know, but I think we're going to be looking at the middle-of-the-road free agents as more stop gaps than star players. And, you know, I just Well, don't... yeah, that's generally what you envision them to be. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, I know. But you know, in the in the past, we've brought in the Indomitian. Oh yeah, Sioux your Mike Wallace's and, and Indomitian yeah, Sues and, and, and guys you had no business bringing in. Yeah, and it costs you cap numbers for years, and it just doesn't make sense. And those are the types of things we I th I feel we're going to avoid. Uh, so you're going to see some free agents brought in here, obviously, but they're going to be kind of guys you weren't looking at you know everybody wants to you know take the tray flowers and say yeah we got to have this guy this guy and this guy and you know spend 50 million dollars on four players you know you can't shop like that you you got to find the you got to find the second hand stores uh with the bargain prices there's three types of free agents you got the guys who are too old and broken you got the guys who are well overpaid and you got the diamonds in the rough that you don't know are diamonds in the rough until you get them on your football team. And uh, those are the guys that everybody wants, and, and they're so few. Uh, you know, you just don't find them that often. When's the last time we had a free agent come in and really surprise us and, and really, you know, make a Pro Bowl or, or you know, obviously be a special player? Can, can you think of, of the last time? Ah, boy, that's a tough question. You know... Uh, you know, a guy like Frank Gore and Danny Amendola recently. Gore, Gore's been steady, but they, not, not you know. Well, no, I I just mean that they did play well for us, but yeah. there's no real outstanding guys that that took the opportunity in Miami and, and made the most of it and, and, like you say, went to the Pro Bowl and all that jazz. I really can't remember somebody like that. I'm sure somebody will think uh, of one, but other than I, there like, haven't been many. What about Brandon Marshall? Did he go to the Pro Bowl? He did. He did. There but, you go. Uh, you know, he made a lot of money in the process, though. Well, uh, you're talking about free agents going to the Pro Bowl after yeah, they came Yeah, he here, did. So. And obviously, you know, you, Cam Wake was a free agent technically, and I'm sure people will name him. But, uh, you know, he came from the Canadian Football League. He wasn't uh, right, right. a free agent that we're talking about. Yeah, he was already cast out of the NFL. So Right. So anyway, you know, it just doesn't happen that often, and it has not happened often for us is really what I'm saying. So, yeah. you know, to sign the Trey Flowers, who's going to be on the downslope of his career in a not-too-distant future, you know, it's not really the answer. You want guys that are up and coming uh, that are going to be in their prime a year or two down the road, no, not guys who are declining from their prime. Yeah, because uh, our— and that's how you build your roster. That's why Amendola's probably got to go, and some of these other guys around right, that age right. got to go. Uh, Cam Wake and whoever else. Yeah. Speaking of Cam Wake, what do you think the chances are he he's with Miami this year? Twenty percent chance. Yeah, that's 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 hurting my feelings quite a bit. But yeah, it's, uh, it's hurting mine too. I like I, Cam. Uh, he's exactly what you want in a football player. But exactly. Everybody, everybody, you know, everything in sometime. Oh, I know. Uh, so no doubt, you know, no his, doubt. His, his time here is probably over. There's some talk that the Saints might be interested in him, but who knows if that's true? Right. Right. Anybody else can, that you can think of possibly uh, trading? Uh, well, as far as trading goes. Um, you mentioned Kenny Stills. Uh, I, I don't really want to see him go, but if you look at our roster, there's not a lot of blue chip players that are tradable. No. Uh, so, you know, Kenny Stills is a guy that you might be able to get some value back on. Um, you know, Danny Amendola, uh, I don't. I don't You're think not trading him. No, I don't no. think I don't think that trade's going to be. Uh, I'm hoping that Alonzo finds a new home. Devontae Parker's just going to be gone, most likely. Uh, Somebody mentioned trading Drake. Ah, uh, Kenyon Drake. Uh, you know, 
that's another guy that has potential value. And you mentioned earlier about finding an, an identity for our team. Uh, you know, does that part of that identity rest in Kenyon Drake or, or is it, uh, you know, Kalen Balaj, the next guy up? Or is uh, it somebody they'll, they'll draft you yeah, know, uh, yeah. over the next couple of seasons? Yeah, you really don't know. And, you know, running backs have kind of got devalued recently. Uh, you know, there's only a few backs that really get top contracts and and everybody else just plugs and plays with whoever's available and it's successful so you know it wouldn't put it wouldn't surprise me all that much uh if they could get value for drake i wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all right now to see him go yeah uh, well who knows what they get for him he, he you know he's he's got that speed and that you exactly. know, he's got that maneuverability uh yep. and that's got to be worth something but you know uh, the the staff didn't seem overly confident in him last year and that's got to hurt his trade value a little bit i think well that's been his reputation since the dra since the college draft i mean he was a number 2 back in college right. and uh, you know that was the hit on him in the draft was his durability and things like that and and that's kind of carried over where they don't seem to want him to be the feature back and you know that does hurt him you know for trade value I think it's his running discipline. I don't think he is always true to the play that's called, and and I think that has you know that can get under under a coach's nerves unless they're busting it. But if they're getting tackled for two yard losses, uh, it, it becomes a problem. Well, yeah, you mentioned that. You know, most of those running plays are a designed you know this hole, that hole what have you and if that's the play call you can't be hesitant back there you got to jam through that hole before it closes up we watch, no, you go there and get your three yards instead yeah. of losing two well <laughs> you we, know yeah, that, that's we, it we watch gore squeeze through holes you didn't even know existed and and drake should be able to do the same or better really and he was too busy you know tap dancing around before he hit the hole and then it was a loss so you know that's obviously a, a problem if he's not doing what he's supposed to do on a play call then uh usually it's going to look bad well that was it uh so i mean we can go through the roster here you know and talk about guys that aren't going to be there but i think most people know who they are by now i mean obviously Tannehill, quinn parker branch uh, branch was already released right um possibly alonzo um possibly uh mcdonald uh yep amandola um and then you got the lesser guys and then you know i was looking over the uh uh salary cap today and and it's interesting that 30 players make a million dollars or less against the cap uh so you know once you knock these these higher paid guys out uh it really leaves them quite a bit of money to uh, do what they need to do with. So um, I really do think they'll be in a good position. Now, now you're going to create a bunch of cap space, but that doesn't mean you have to use that cap space. They can carry it over to 2020. And I do think that aside from maybe re-signing Tunsil and or Howard, um, they're better off carrying that money over. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I would like to cut a lot of these contracts uh, and get recoup as much as much of that money as we can and then maybe it won't hurt as bad to sign Juwan James and to bring back Xavier Howard uh, and and maybe look to to do something with Tunzel before he gets priced out of the out of the team but 
we don't have to blow all that money just because we bring it back in. I, you know, we're going to need to carry over some of this money. So I don't look at it this way. I mean, if you're Elise Quinn, he alone pays for James. Exactly. Yep. So, yep. You know, it's not like they can't sign James because they can't afford it. They'll have plenty of money to do it if they want to do it. Right. Exactly. The money will be there if they want to do it. You know, and uh, you know, you got guys like Akeem Spence that really didn't produce much. You know, maybe you trade. Yeah, he's just a guy. You it's know, a, he's exactly. Just a he's just uh, a guy, but he's uh-huh. getting a, he's getting a couple million dollars a year. So you uh, know, you could uh, move on 3. from 2. him. Three point two five million. Is it that much? Yeah. 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 So well, that's his cap number this year. I'm not positive what it was last year, but that, right. that's what he is going to cost if they keep him. All right. So, anything else you'd like to discuss tonight? Well. Basically, we're talking about this upcoming draft, and and uh, I think they need to be stay calm and not go reaching for players like they've done in the past. I Chris mean, strikes me like a calm guy. Yes, yes, and that's that's key. I mean, look at the the hoops we went went through to sign uh, Carew a couple years ago. I mean, and for what? And uh, you know, those are the types of moves you can't do. Uh, well, let me just say this, okay? And, and this is in fairness to Greer and everybody else that's ever run a draft. You're going to have some guys that just don't work out. Yeah, that's in the numbers. They're, you know, half the guys work out, half of them don't. So you're going to get your share of the half that don't. Uh, yeah. But you have to do well early in the draft, and you have to do consistently well early in the draft. And then you've got to hit your late ones, you know, mm-hmm. 50% of the time. <laughs> yeah. So... You know, and he's done pretty well in the late, later rounds in the draft, uh, you know, with guys like uh, Vincent and uh, Gotchow right. and the, the kicker they uh, picked yep. up. And, you know, they, they've been pretty good in the latter half of the draft. Uh, Charles Harris is a bit disturbing, you know, because that hurts you. And uh, uh, you've, you've got to be consistently good at the top of that draft because you need those impact players. Um uh, yeah, you don't. So we'll see. You don't get many first and second round picks. You need to. No, you, you don't. Need, need to take advantage of those. No, and, you know that's been our problem. I mean, we're still paying for Ireland screw ups oh, because big time. those players would be in the mid prime of their careers, you know, and and they're not here, and that's why we're where we are. Uh, I think you know bad drafting doesn't hit you the year of the bad drafting. It hits you two, three, four, five years down the road. Yeah, the re- the the constant reminders I have are Dion Jordan and Devonte Parker, and yep. it's yep. it's very players big. that should be in their prime and should be tearing it up right. instead are doing nothing. They should be they should be the ones that are that are getting those Pro Bowl appearances. You know, you know your wide receiver number one and your defensive end that are supposed to be changing games and and all that, and it just just did absolutely nothing. And with at least with Jordan, we we moved on, but Parker with just kind of like, uh, let's get it over with. Yeah, you know, you hate to see both both of them are such bad cases because you have Parker who, who can't even get on the field, and when he does get on the field, he looks like he'd rather not be. And, and then you got Dion, and we all know about Dion's troubles. I'm not going to get into that, but uh, you know, two guys who you you wonder about their motivation. Are these guys really, really? into the game into being the best football players that they can be and with both of them you have to say you know you guys missed something they shouldn't have been drafted yeah that's that's my thought in the beginning is is somebody somewhere missed something as far as the evaluation process the personality yes yeah. yes 
so you don't want to keep making those mistakes. So hopefully they've learned from them. I mean, you know, Greer has been in the organization a long time. He's seen those picks. He's seen those mistakes. Uh, he should have learned from them. So we will see how much he's learned. Uh, but that said, you're going to miss on a pick every now and then. You just don't want it to be... You don't want to miss on them because they don't have interest in playing, you know, really playing. Uh, you want to miss on them because maybe they didn't fulfill your expectations from a physical standpoint. Uh, that you can live with, but uh, just the desire and the uh, mental toughness to do what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it, you, you got to have that, and they've got to be able to find players that have that. That's their job. Exactly. Well, we've so, got a we've got a lot of people in the staff now that are player personnel people, uh, so I'm hoping, and I'm hoping that I'm excited by the people that they can pick and add to the team uh, with all those years of experience in player personnel. Yeah, the guy they brought over from uh, Kansas City, Allen. Uh, I, I, you know, he's good. He he uh, dra he drafted Mahomes and uh, or at least had, had big input in that draft. Right. And uh, he's identified some talent, so hopefully he can do that here as well. Not that I expect him to find another Mahomes, but uh, the point is he can identify talent. And, and, you know, you would think that when you watch a quarterback like Mahomes, it's easy to identify, but it isn't always. So we'll see. Um, I do want to throw a shout-out, and I normally don't throw out shout-outs, but I do want to throw a shout-out to uh, Daniel Reinhardt. Uh, I want to thank him for the shows he's done with us and uh, wish him luck. He's uh, retiring from the program because uh, Kaysen, uh Taylor is uh, uh, keeping him busy and he's got some uh, responsibilities at work that he has to tend to. And uh, it's just not a good fit for him personally right now. So uh, we're going to be bringing some other people into the podcast and uh, we look forward to that. But I definitely wanted to throw a shout out and a thank you to Daniel for his hard work and uh, commitment to the program while he was with us. Yeah, no doubt. Daniel was a was a big uh, enthusiastic participant here on the podcast, and uh, we always wish him well and uh, best best of luck with Kaysen there. And uh, we hope you come back in the future. Yep, doors always open. Uh, so I wanted to do that, and and I did want to ask everybody listening to please comment, like share the uh, podcast, uh, subscribe to the podcast, help us grow it. Uh, we're going to be bringing a couple of new people in, and I'm excited about that. And uh, uh, I think you're going to enjoy what we're doing. Um, some other things in the works that I'll talk about later. But uh, in the meantime, uh, do those things for us. Uh, specifically, follow it, share it, like it, comment. Um, Jim? Yeah, the only thing else I got to add to it is uh, we've we've made some shout outs here and there and comments uh, that are based off of our Facebook group, uh, Miami Dolphins number one, that's hashtag number one. Uh, we're there 24-7 talking Dolphins football and we'd love to have you join us there as well. Yes, please do. All right. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening and uh, I'm going to yell a big loud fins up. Fins up. And we'll talk to you next week.